thanks for checking out the weekly Harmony Church podcast. For more information and resources about Harmony Church or any of the Harmony events, check out the Harmony Church website or Harmony Church Facebook page today. It's not supposed to joke, it's a story. Just stay with me. A successful, <clears throat> a successful businessman was growing old and knew it was time for him to choose a successor to take over the business. Instead of choosing one of his directors or his children, he decided to do something different. He called all the young executives in his company all together. He said, it's time for me to step down and choose the next CEO. And I've decided to choose one of you. The young executives were shocked, uh, but the boss continued. I'm going to give each of you a seed today. One very special seed. And I want you to plant the seed, water it, come back here one year from today, and then with what you have grown, and, and, and then what if, from the seed that I've given to you. And I will then judge the plants that you bring, and the one I choose will be the next CEO. One man named Jim was there that day, and like the others, received the seed. He went home and excitedly told his wife about the story, uh, what's going to happen. And she helped him with the pot and the soil and the compost. And they planted every day. They would water the thing uh, and to see if it has grown. Every, every day they check, you know, if it's grown. About three weeks later, some of the other executives began to talk about their seeds and the plants that were coming up and beginning to grow. But Jim kept checking the seed, but nothing grew. Three weeks, four weeks, five weeks went by, still nothing. By now, others were talking about their plants, but Jim didn't have a plant and he felt like a failure. Six months went by, still nothing in Jim's pot. He just knew he had killed the seed. Everyone else had trees and plants, but he had nothing. So Jim didn't say anything to his colleagues. However, he just kept watering and fertilizing the soil. He was so wanting the seed to grow. A year finally went by and all the executives uh, came together in the company uh, and the CEO came for inspection. Jim told his wife that he wasn't going to take an empty pot, but she asked him to be honest about what, what had really happened. Jim felt sick in his stomach. It was going to be such an embarrassment and such an embarrassing time in his life for he knew his wife was right. So he took the empty pot to the boardroom. When Jim arrived, he was amazed at the variety of plants grown by the other executives. They were beautiful, all shapes and sizes. Jim put his empty pot on the floor and many of his colleagues laughed and felt really sorry for him. When the CEO arrived, he surveyed the room and greeted all the young executives. Jim just tried to hide in the back. My, what, what great plants, trees, and flowers you've grown, said the CEO. Today, one of you will be appointed as the new CEO. All of a sudden, the CEO spotted Jim at the back of the room with an empty pot. He ordered the financial director to bring him to the front. Jim was terrified. He thought, the CEO knows I'm a failure. Maybe he will have me fired. When Jim got to the front, the CEO asked him what, what happened with the seed. And Jim told him the story. The CEO asked everyone to sit down except for Jim. He looked at Jim and then announced to the young executives, Behold, your new chief executive officer. His name is Jim. Jim couldn't believe it. Jim could even grow his seed. How could he be the new CEO, the others were saying. Then the CEO said this, One year ago today, I gave everyone in this room a seed. I told you to take the seed and plant it and water it and bring it back to me today. But I gave you all boiled seeds. They were all dead. It was not possible for them to grow. <laughs> all of you, except Jim, have brought me trees and plants and flowers. 
So when you found out that the seed would not grow, you substituted other, another seed for the one I gave you. Jim was the only one with the courage and the honesty to bring me the pot with my seed in it. Therefore, he is the one who will be the new chief executive officer. Isn't that amazing? What an amazing story. If you plant honesty, you will reap trust. If you plant goodness, you will reap friends. If you plant humility, you will reap greatness. If you plant perseverance, you will reap contentment. If you plant consideration, you will reap perspective. If you plant hard work, you will reap success. If you plant forgiveness, you will reap reconciliation. So be careful what you plant. It will determine what you will reap later. <laughs> what a powerful story, isn't it? Today I will talk about the power of sowing and reaping. But before we do, I just want to have a review about last week. Because last week we talked about that a heart for the house means really to have a heart for community. That we are all made as relational people. That life is all about relationship. That we were born out of relationship, into relationship. Out of intimacy, into intimacy. Even we were born again out of intimacy with the Holy Spirit into this beautiful family of God. We were all made for community. And the best way to grow for us, each individually, is to grow is in a small group, in a life group. And that's why it's so important that we look at the life groups of the church to find some connection where you can find support and love and encouragement, accountability that we all need in our lives. So I want to invite again each of us to be involved with a life group, a small group, and have life together. See, Jesus came to bring fullness of life. It says John 10, 10. The thief comes to steal and to kill and to destroy. But Jesus says, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. And when life, if life is all about relationships, then Jesus came to bring life and wholeness and healing and restoration to all of our relationships. And if that's the case, then the mission of the church surely is to, to provide healing and wholeness. And that's why I love the word harmony in our church. Because harmony talks about this. It talks about to bring harmony and health and healing to all of our relationships. Beautiful, isn't it? Our relationship with God. Our relationship with ourselves, Our relationship with each other, our family, the world. You know that we've become priests of creation. Priests of creation. We serve creation for God to make it beautiful. And what a mess we sometimes make. But how wonderful for the church to be called to make beauty. And we see it in Isaiah 61 and Luke 4. Jesus talks about his own ministry. It's all the, the row of things that he does. Beauty for ashes. And all these things, all these relational restoration things that we as a people are called to be involved with in our lives. Isn't that beautiful? In our church, through our church. Jesus came to seek and save the lost. Luke 19, 10. Lost, everybody lost in relationship. Actually, I love this word salvation because it's, it's, it's the word save salvation. It's the word, Greek word soteria, which means this. It means eternal life, of course, our relationship with God. But it means also health. It means deliverance. It means preservation. Preservation. It means restoration. And this is God's desire for humanity. That we find restoration, healing in our lives. And so for us to, to grow and to be restored and to, to find healing, God puts us into the church. It's just beautiful. 
There's nothing like the church. It's the best thing ever. It's the best place for you and us, all of us, to grow. Amen? I love the church. There's nothing like the church, you know? We're called to invest into people's lives. We are called to sow into people's lives. It is the best thing ever what we can do in our lives. We were meant, we are, we are made to be generous towards other people. We were made to sow into other people's lives. We were made to invest in other people's lives just like Jesus. Why do we stand all together? And we're going to just read this um, Matthew 20 all together. Okay, let's read it nice and loud. Jesus, knowing their thoughts, called them to his side and said, Kings and those with great authority in this world rule oppressively over their subjects like tyrants. But this is not your calling. You will lead by a completely different model. The greatest one among you will live as the one who is called to serve others. Because the greatest honor and authority is reserved for the one with the heart of a servant. For even the Son of Man did not come expecting to be served by everyone, but to serve everyone and to give his life in exchange for the salvation of many. May the Lord bless his word. You may be seated. What a powerful scripture. Jesus did not come to be served. But Jesus came to serve. And we see this. Jesus was always investing in other people. He was always sowing into other people. He was always calling people into their destiny. Jesus chose 12 disciples, right? Random guys. I'm sure he had a plan, but they were kind of random guys, right? And he invested in their lives. And because he, because he sowed in those lives, now we have seen billions of people come into a relationship with God. Because he started with those 12. It is just amazing. Right? Such a harvest. And it continues. We've seen a harvest this week, this morning. All over the globe, about 100,000 people a day are coming to faith. It continues. It was sown by Jesus into those 12. And this ripple effect of sowing was reaping this beautiful harvest all throughout the world. There's so much power in sowing. There's so much power in sowing because you will reap a harvest. That's why in the kingdom, often the kingdom is seen as a seed that is sown to bear much fruit, that we can be fruitful in and through our lives. But you know, this doesn't happen automatic, does it? We have to be intentional about this. Jesus was intentional about sowing into these 12 people. He was intentional about sending the 72 into the world and sowing them into the world. He was intentional about the Great Commission. Now go into the world and make disciples of all nations. And it's been going. Now me, I, I came here 30 years ago, about 30 years of marriage this year. But um, I, I came here about 30 years ago. I came earlier, but you know. And I was sown into this nation. I had a great life over there. I had money, quite wealthy. And things were happening for us and the great call of God on my life. And I could have done amazing things over there, right? But I chose to come here because God spoke to me. Go to the islands of the sea. Lift up the name of Jesus. Make my son famous again. And so for me, my, 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 my vision 
And my sowing into this nation has been to make Jesus famous again. To lift up the name of Jesus in this nation. See, I'm fourth generation missionary kid, right? So actually, I met some Indonesian pastors who've got an Indonesian church. Maybe look at, at, at meeting with us. So actually, Keith and I connected with them, and we're going to have lunch with them very soon. And we're just going to bless them. Anyway, what, what I love so much about this is because they're from Indonesia. My great-grandfather went to Indonesia, right? For 40 years, he was a missionary in Indonesia. He started Bethel Church. Right now, it's millions of people in Bethel Church. He sowed his life. Did you know two of his kids were poisoned and killed? Martyred for the gospel. I stand on their shoulders because what my great-grandfather sown in Indonesia, what my grandfather sown not only in Indonesia but all over the globe, and my father and mother, that's why I am where I am right now today. So what can you do? What are you sowing into? Who are you sowing into? Who are we sowing into as a church? It is so important. We are sowing to my family. My kids, and of course we all do in our kids, we sow into our family, we sow into our businesses, we sow into everything. Everything is about sowing, going after what God has given to us. We're called to sow into other people's lives. Amen? Amen. Amen. Catherine and I are sown into this church. We love sowing ourselves into this church. We're both part-time, salary-wise, we're part-time, both of us. We're like most, many of you, we have just, you know, some, we have no full-time staff, I think, in this church at all at the moment. And so part of our lives is serving, but we do it happily. I, I can't think of anything, I'm living the dream. I can't think of anything more beautiful to hear the stories, to hear the people come to Christ, to see healing come, come on, to see people's lives changed. I can't think of anything better to sow my life into. Catherine, I love it. You know, there's so many people in this church. Did you know that Vicky, Vicky on Tuesday comes here and she cleans the church? Free, not paid. She comes in here faithfully. I'm here on Tuesdays because I have my time with the Lord preparing for sermons and things like that. And I'm hiding away. But the thing is, though, she is here because sometimes I come out to go to the toilet or whatever. And I see her work. She's serving the church. There's so many people who are sowing themselves into this church through hospitality and through all kinds of stuff. Sound. Look at, you know, I mean, <laughs> it's amazing. Kitchen. You name it. So many people are sowing into this place their lives to see his kingdom come. Love Matthew sitting there faithfully all the time in the back there, putting all the stuff online. I mean, such a, such a man of God, you know, who make, you know, makes me look good. Always so faithful. Nothing is too hard for him. Always a big vision, you know. He's sowing himself into this place. I love Shane and Julie. They're not here at the moment. They're still in Wellington. They're doing the homeless people on the side. They're sowing their lives into the homeless. People coming to Christ on the, on the streets right now. I love Chris and Pam and also Stu and Rhonda who are giving themselves to the prison ministry. They're sowing themselves. I love Sam and Holiday. Sam and, Sam and, Sam and, Holiday. Sam and Rachel Holiday and all the team here who are sowing themselves. They don't get paid into these camps every holiday, into the camp. They're sowing themselves into the lives of other people. It is so incredibly beautiful. And so many of us are sowing ourselves into what God has for us. Who are you sowing into where are you sowing your time and your talent I love my son Jonathan Jonathan is um, you know even when he was growing up at Milton Grange school Jonathan was known as kind of the pastor so all these guys and, and particularly with the Milton Grange basketball in the community he was seen as the kind of the pastor now funny enough not because he was a pastor's kid it's just he was like this he was just basically always blessing people sowing his life into other people's lives it is just you know when he finished as a youth pastor the CYS the Canterbury Youth Services you know Mark, uh, Mike um, 
Mike Dodge, said, can you please stay on kind of on, on, the, on the board advisory committee to, to invest into these people because you've got such an incredible way of the way you sow yourself into people. You know what's also amazing about him? When you see him go almost everywhere, even at a house, we have all these young men the whole time. Where is this one coming from? He's got all these young men that are always with him. Why? It's because he's investing into young people. Free. For himself. He just does it. To bless them and to invest in their lives. I'm so proud of my son, Jonathan. It is so amazing what he is doing. The Apostle Paul, he sowed himself into Timothy. Elijah sowed himself into Elisha. We see throughout the Bible that people sow themselves into other people. And it's amazing. In the wake of those sowers, we see just an incredible harvest through their lives. Amen? When people are sowing, there is a harvest. People's lives are being changed when you take time to sow into somebody. You always create a bigger world. That's why I love the scripture in Proverbs 11 we did the other day. The world of the generous gets larger and larger, and the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. The one who blesses others is abundantly blessed, but those, and those who help others are helped. It is wonderful. It's like a boomerang. Now, we don't do it for that, but I know that when we sow, that we reap a harvest. When you bless somebody, blessing will come back to you. We don't do it for that, but it does happen. It's in the Bible. God loves that because he loves a cheerful giver. He wants this thing to go around. Remember what goes around, comes around, you know. It's important that we bless and we give and we sow and we invest in other people's lives. And I just love this. I'll tell you something else. I can tell you when I see a happy person, I know that that person is a generous person. If you meet a stingy person, an unhappy person, a grouchy person, Scrooge, you know, just an unhappy person, you, tell, you, you do figure it out yourself. Often these people are not generous in their lives. Not just about money, I'm talking about their lives are not generous to other people. But you become very happy when you sow, when you sow yourself into other people because we are actually made for it. It blesses us. It blesses the Lord. It blesses other people. It just blesses, 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 blesses. That's why it is so important. Amen? Amen. Now, next Sunday is Sowing Sunday. And when we give money, we're actually sowing into people's lives. We're not just sowing in this building. We're we're sowing in the the facility. We're We're sowing in the things that we need to make this ministry run well, to be effective, to sow into people's lives. There's so many more thousands of people that will come to the Lord, will be healed, will be affected through our conferences, through whatever we do. Christ Church, but all over the place. The Lord promised us two, two things. I'm, I'm not seeking this, but two people came, two prophets last year came to us and said, you will have five campuses. Now, I've got no idea whether it's Christ Church overseas, no idea. But they spoke faith into our lives. Now, again, we're not seeking this, but it may happen. I hope it happens. If it's God, it will happen, right? And we are all part of this because God is always on the move. He's always building his kingdom, right? Jesus building his kingdom in the gates of hell shall not prevail against it in Jesus' name. So we sow to reap a harvest. I kind of see it as a cross. I see it as a cross. All of us in our lives, we have the ones above us. The the reason why Catherine and I go to so many conferences all the time is next to learning and networking is actually because who is sowing into our lives? 
I, I want the best in the world to sow into my life. I want to hang out with giant slayers so that I can become a giant slayer, right? So I hang out with the best in the world. The Brian Houstons, whoever. The ones who are shaking nations. This week was with Russell Evans, Planet Shakers. Unbelievable. This came back from 100,000 people. This now in Colombia and some, another 100,000 people and wherever. These guys are shaking the nations. Now I want to hang out with these guys. What do these guys have that I don't have? Because I'm not shaking the nation. We've got a great church. We've only got 400 people. Come on. Let's have 20,000 people. I mean, you may be for a little church, sorry about this, then go to a little church. I don't want that because I want his kingdom to grow. There's so many people out there who have not heard the gospel yet. And we want to preach the gospel. We want to be the gospel. Amen? Amen. Anyway, so from, who is sowing into your life? Now, down beneath you, who are you sowing into? Down there, often can be a younger person or can be somebody who's maybe not as mature as you are. Let's make sure that we invest in somebody now, sideways, you can look at one could be uh, your peer group or your family or your workmates or your friends. And you, you sow into your friendships and your peer group. The other way I would see as sowing to the world, to the ones who don't know Christ. And so we get, you know, sowing. We receive sowing. We give sowing. We give sowing. And we give sowing. So that's how I see it. And it's all good. <laughs> we sow into different directions. So we've got this picture of sowing and reaping. Wow. Now, one of the ways that we can sow, and one of the ways that is very a blessed way to sow, of course, is the area of, of finance. And, of course, there is an amazing bunch of financial promises that God has got in the Bible. And I want to read one here today, 2 Corinthians 9, 8. It says that God is able. Everybody say God is able. God is able to make all grace abound toward you. That you, always having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. Amen? I like to amplify it. And God is able to make all grace, every favor, and earthly blessing come in abundance to you. So that you may always, under all circumstances, regardless of the need, have complete sufficiency in everything, being completely self-sufficient in Him. Isn't that beautiful? Self-sufficient in Him. And have an abundance for every good work and charitable donation. You'll be able to sow extravagantly. Now, how does God do this? I'll keep reading. Verse 10. Now, he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store with, of seed. And will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way. So that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. Isn't that an amazing scripture? This is so powerful. This is in the Passion Translation. This generous God who supplies abundant seed for the farmer, which becomes bread for our meals, is even more extravagant towards you. First, he supplies every need, plus more. Everybody say plus more. Come on, it's always plus more. Then he multiplies the seed as you sow it. Everybody say as you sow it. As you sow it, so that the harvest of your generosity will grow. You will be abundantly enriched in every way as you give generously on every occasion. For when, um, for when we take your gifts to those in need, it causes many to give thanks to God. This is how the kingdom works. This is how kingdom giving and this is how kingdom sowing actually 
works. It's an amazing promise that God gives us seed, right? He gives us jobs. He gives us finance. He gives us talents. He gives all the stuff that we give. And he gives us seed that we can sow, plus more, right? God's always extravagant. always gives you more than you need because you can give it away. The amazing thing is here, it says, he also gives you seed when you don't have it. It says, so to ask him for the seed. It says here, if you don't have anything, then to ask him for seed. Now, I want to I challenge you for next week. I want to challenge you for the Sowing Sunday that is above our normal giving in the sense of, Lord, where is the seed? You may say, listen, I'm, 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 the tithing is good and, and the giving to missions and I do some other giving to tear fund and whatever I do with giving, giving to some other poor people, whatever I do. And the thing is, I don't have much more. Now, I want to challenge you to see if God would not give you a seed. Why don't you ask for a seed? Why don't you ask for a seed? God says here, ask for one and he will give you a seed. Maybe some idea will come to you. Maybe some things, oh, I've always wanted to sell that thing, my bike. Great, 200 bucks. Awesome. Let's sow the seed of 200 bucks. You know what I mean? Let's find something that is a seed that could be for him. Then he says in verse 10, he multiplies the seed as you sow it. Now, this is the most powerful thing that God has given humanity. It's right back in Genesis. He talks about there will be this, the harvest. So, uh, to, um, sowing and, and reaping will be part of this world until it finishes. That's how it works. Everything is sowing and reaping, sowing and reaping, sowing and reaping. And the kingdom works like that. It's amazing when we, that, that things multiply. When we sow, there's a supernatural multiplication. multiplication. It's already in the seed, but it's like supernatural. How, how does it work? How do you put a little seed into the ground? You put water into it, and then it brings all this, and then it multiplies all this seed. It dies, and it then brings life. It's amazing how it works. It multiplies. Isn't that wonderful? Now, God says in verse 8 that God is able to do this. Why doesn't he say, I will do this? Why does he say, I am able to do this? What do you think? It's a question, not a, not a rhetorical. We have to cooperate. Somebody give her a lolly thing here. <laughs> we, have to co we have to cooperate. Well done, Paula. This is so amazing. See, what God provides for us is seed. And he gives us the principle. Then what do we do? We plant the seed. We sow the seed, right? And we use this principle. That's why God is always in partnership with us. He always wants partners. He doesn't all want to do it for us. He wants to do it with us. He provides all these things for us so we can do it with us and we can be a blessing to the world and even a blessing to yourself. Every farmer knows that the way you get a harvest is you got to start sowing some seed. And then the, the, the power, the power of the multiplication is actually in the seed. You got some seed here? The power of the multiplication is actually in the seed. It is in the seed. Agreement. It's got to be sown, though, before it dies. It's got to be sown. It goes into the ground. It dies. Remember? Jesus talked about this in John 12. Unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. So God gives us seed, but it won't go anywhere when it still is in your hand. So you have lots of seed, 
Oh, awesome. What are you going to do with the seed? When you start sowing the seed, the multiplication starts happening, right? If you hold tight to it, nothing will happen. That's called stingy here because it won't go anywhere. But when you start, I mean, can you imagine a farmer just holding on to seed? This is great. Lots of seed. Thank you, Jesus, for lots of seed. And then he sits down and says, you know, it's ridiculous. You know, you have lots of seed. Man, it's going to be such an amazing harvest when I sow this. And then it goes into the ground and you water it. It is absolutely beautiful. And then when the seed goes, then it ceases to be limited. It's going to be unlimited. Things can happen. That's just for a farmer. That's just for the natural. Can you imagine what God does for the supernatural? Because he can do a much more than just the multiplication of a seed, right? He can do a supernatural increase. And Catherine and I have seen this many times in our lives. Catherine, faithful giving, I mean amazing, the seed and the things that happen through our lives. The nature of a seed is that the moment it's sown, then you see the power of multiplication is released. It's all over everything. Even a business person knows this. You've got to sow into a business to get a harvest. You can't just you do nothing. You have an idea, and you sow it, and you water it, and you market it, and you work hard, and then things start happening in your life. Everything, 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 everything is about sowing or reaping and reaping in our lives. Amen? The problem is that many of us have not seen this or not lived this way. And I'm, I am really quite adamant and actually quite strong about this because I'm a little bit tired of, 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 of Christians who are not applying this stuff. And the whole tied onto the stuff. The thing about I only have so much money. And the thing is, it goes nowhere. And God can't do anything with you. And I, I, I so struggle with this. And I'll tell you why. Because it robs of the kingdom in the end. It robs of the people that we want to reach. It actually robs of your own prosperity and I don't want this I want you to prosper in every way like it says in second th Thessalonians something <laughs> somewhere there you know I want all of us to do well see every spiritual blessing has been given to us in Christ Jesus right and sometimes Christians become grace hippies and say okay everything has been given to us now we have to do nothing no Jesus finished something so you can start something. So he gives us these blessings, but if we don't faithfully, they all come in a seed form. If we don't work on those ones or start using them by faith and partner with God, nothing will happen. These blessings will never happen. They will never go anywhere. So I'm suggesting to all of us, thank you so much, God, for what you've done. And now let's do what he wants us to do so we can cooperate and we can partner. See, all the promises... Oh, in Jesus Christ, right? all, all the promises are yes in Christ, right? And then we say the amen. See, there's always an agreement. There's always a response that God wants for us to partner with Him, right? So I suggest that we all learn this. Even if you're right now choked up about your own finance, it shows, it will show your relationship with finance. And it's not good. I want you to be free from finance. I want you to be free from the love of finance. I want you to be free. I want you to be generous. I want you to, be gen I want you to learn to be generous because of what will happen through your hands and in the wake of your life. I want to see those stories. It is so amazing. Please. I mean, the Old Testament, Malachi, God says, test me. Okay, in the New Testament, he doesn't say this. Why? Okay, that's old. That's like inferior. The new is better. But like even in the inferior... Test me, he says. Well, why don't some of you who really struggle with this, you still be thinking your throat, you know, Ooh, do I really have to do this? You know? Why don't you say, Lord, I'm going to test you. Try him. He's not worried about you testing him, you know. Right. Test him. Test him. Yeah. 
and see that I will not open the heavens. Right? Come on, guys. I'm glad the three of you believe it. You know, come on. It's so important. You know, actually, the creating of wealth is actually in the seed. And business people know this. Very important. Anyway, so at the beginning of the same uh, uh, scripture, 2 Corinthians 9, at the beginning of this, um, this um, chapter, it says this. Remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of us should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Now, what I want to say is, you, you know, most of you would know God loves a cheerful giver. But what I want to go one step beyond this. Because I want you to see that the harvest, the harvest is literally in your own hands. I'll tell you something else. The blessing of this church and the, the how far we will go together is literally in our hands. It's in my hand. It's in your hand. Literally. And I suggest that we go on a journey. I know Gus, I think God told you one time that he said, you want this to be the most prosperous church uh, in the city or the country, or I don't know, whatever. Now, that you can say, well, how can you say this, you know? <laughs> the thing is, though, the point is what, what Gus is feeling is that there's so much potential that we're not unlocking yet. Can you imagine what would happen if we are so generous that we'll trust God so much with our finance that so much will be unlocked, that we can do so many new ministries, so many new things, and we can launch new places, new, new, new. Some of the leaders here, you need to be sown into the, into the nations, man, or into New Zealand. Let's do some other campuses or something, you know. Just go, you know. Let's, let's, let's spread the gospel. Amen. Grow. Thanks, Cyrus. <laughs> when you sow sparingly, you reap sparingly, generously. You know, our prosperity is actually up to ourselves. That's a scary thing, isn't it? You can't blame God. I'm really sorry. You can't blame God. Let's stop blaming God, okay? He's given us everything we need. Everything we need. I suggest that we start using what God has given to us. Not under compulsion, but a generous spirit. An invitation to greatness. An invitation to more. God loves a generous giver. The Passion Translation says this. Here's my point, he says. This is Paul. A stingy sower will reap a meager harvest, but the one who sows from a generous spirit will reap an abundant harvest. Musicians, come up, please. The one who sows from a generous spirit will reap an abundant harvest. We determine the harvest. And I want to suggest that all of us sow ourselves into people, like I said at the beginning. Come on, let's sow yourself. I love the life group leaders. They sow themselves into our lives. But each one of us, let's sow into somebody's life. Let's make somebody's life better. Let's invest in somebody, right? It's healthy for you. It's healthy for them. It's how the kingdom works. Everything in Jesus' life is all about giving and sowing and blessing and healing and multiplying and accelerating. Everything Jesus did was that. And I suggest if we want to be like Jesus, do like Jesus. I suggest that we start with this. And start sowing ourselves into our family. Of course, you're already sowing yourself in your business and your work. Sow yourself in community things you do. Find somebody you can invest into, you can mentor. Some of the business people are going to mentor people who are not as far in business. Great, mentor business. So they can flourish too, like you are flourishing. 
Let's mentor each other. Let's sow into each other's life. Amen? And so again, for next Sunday, I'm, I'm pumped about this. I would love us to give a very generous offering last next Sunday because I want us to sow into the lives who don't know Christ yet. I want us to sow into everything that God wants to do for this church. It doesn't go to me. It doesn't go to you. It goes to those people. It is for those people. Jesus came to seek and to save those who are lost in relationship with him, in their own relationship, in their own stuff. There's so much pain around. And we, the church, can bring healing. Amen? I'm so excited. Let's stand together. What an incredible high calling that we have. Isn't it amazing that Jesus has asked us to be this, to be hope to the world, to be comfort to the world, to bring healing to the world. We're called to sow into people's lives, sow into nations. Jesus asked of me, and I'll give you nations. Anybody of you asking for nations? That you can be sown into nations? Why not? Why not? What is your dream? What is your dream? Go after your dream. Sow into that dream. I want to be a multimillionaire. Great. What are you doing about it? Start buying a house. Start investing in a house. Start giving. Do something. This does happen. Invest. Start small and grows and grows and grows and grows. Come on. God is able. He's willing. He's given everything that we need. But He wants our partnership. He wants our obedience. He wants our activity. He wants our agreement. Amen? Father, we thank You so much for who You are. Lord, we thank You so much for the beautiful principles You've given through Your Scripture. Thank You, Lord, for those laws that are given to us in this world. Thank You, Lord, that these things work, Lord, for our benefit and for the world's benefit, for the world's economy, that we can all have a good life that we can be blessed to be a blessing. Thank you, Lord, for Abraham, that he was blessed to be a blessing, Lord. It's not selfishness, Lord, because we are passionate about our call to see nations reached, to see our city reached, to see Christians reached with the gospel, see people healed, marriages restored, prodigals come back. Father, we thank you for the anointing that you've given to us. We bless your holy name. We thank you. Father, we right now ask you, even for next week, we ask you for seed, even if some of us are struggling with that. Lord, we ask you for seed that we can give. Even a small seed, Lord, the smallest of seed will become a beautiful harvest. So anoint us, Lord, even this week as we pray about this. As we, Father, I pray for miracles to happen this week. Miracles to happen of provision, of things that we can sow. And then, of course, we thank you, Lord, for the miracles that are going to happen next week when we actually sow into this place, into this beautiful soil of this church, the church that you love so much, the church that you gave your life to. We bless your name in Jesus' name.